0: Mananam Listen, reflect and absorb. Dear listeners, Sai Ram, and welcome to our radio series in which a divine discourse by Bhagwan is played in small parts and following each part, a short discussion is undertaken to reflect on the message. This is a part of Radio Size Thursday Live hosted by Sai Prakash and Prem every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Only on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony In today's episode, which was first broadcast live on 14th November 2013 Mr. Suresh Rao, a member of Radio Sai team, participated as a guest The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the Summer Course in Indian Culture and Spirituality in the year 1919 the clips played today are from the discourse delivered on 26th May, 1990.
1: am to all listeners of Radio Sai, this is Prem from Team Radio Sai welcoming you all to this week's episode of Shravanam, Mananam, Nididhyasanam a program where we try to study the beautiful and profound messages that Swami has given in His discourses. And dear listeners, if you are a regular listener to our program or our rebroadcast, which is going on right now in the other streams, Asia Stream and Ameri Stream, you will know that we are studying the series of discourses that Swami gave as part of the 1990 summer course, the first summer course which started after a very long time. And one of the most beautiful summer courses, we have said this many times before, where Swami is going through many different layers of human existence and we've heard Swami speak about culture which is something we associate with community of individuals and then he goes on to an individual which we often misunderstand is the body and then he goes on to the most subtle aspects of the mind right now we are in the buddhi and it just fills us with awe that what more is there about this simple entity called a human being. So, to join me in <laughs> in wondering about this and to talk much more about what Swami has said, I have with me Brother Sai Prakash of Team Radio Sai and Suresh Rao sir from Radio Sai. So, on behalf of all of them, I offer my most humble pranams at Bhagwan's Lotus Feet.
2: Yeah, as you were just mentioning that, I am just uh, trying to put myself back in 1990 in that audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first discourse which Swami gave is all about truth and righteousness and about indian culture and Samskriti. those were kind of the main points of the first discourse and uh, i would still have no clue of what is coming in <laughs> the second <laughs> discourse
1: <laughs> you know typically because when we were children I've, I've noticed this and made this observation many times before you know when you study maths
3: mm-hmm.
1: when you learn addition and mm-hmm. you're so thrilled by learning that and you mm-hmm. feel that that's all is there for to you know to learn from maths <laughs> you know you've learned Count and you learn mm. to add, and you know mm. that that's all can be there in maths. And what's all the fuss about? Mm. And then you introduce to subtraction, and then you know, multiplication and <laughs> division. And once you're, once you're done with all the basic arithmetics, mm. you think that yes, you know, conquered <laughs> maths. And then comes in the percentages and fractions <laughs> yeah, and uh, decimals. You know, it's like that. Spirituality is put it all in one word: mm. all are God. Mm. Everything is divine. There's only one, and the divine alone.
3: Mm.
1: But to understand that fact is so many. <laughs> layers and layers of uh, efforts which have to go in.
2: Mm, true. I mean, if we are so ready and so pure to accept that word of the Guru or of Bhagawan himself and believe in it completely like a few people have done, <laughs> then you are you're bound to get that kind of a realization in an instant. But uh, we are so filled with our minds. Uh, I was just asking uh, one of my friends... He, he is about uh, uh, 16, 17. Mm-hmm. So, they were, we were just talking to him. He was asking, what do you do? Then I was telling him all this video editing and all that. Then I was saying, we also have this show on the radio. So, mm-hmm. he was saying, what is it about? So, I was just saying, Swami is going from body. Oh, you mean to say I'm not this body? So <laughs> He was totally thrilled and taken aback. And um, So, then I just, you know, casually asked him, is it possible for you to sit for one you know at least five seconds ten seconds without a, without a thought mm-hmm. <laughs> i just realized i can't do it either right. but um, to focus the mind and to remain in a state of thoughtlessness it's it's just not possible i think all yoga and all effort is towards that
1: um, you know uh, once uh, when we we're having a discussion with one of our lecturers
2: mm-hmm.
1: a very a very profound discussion, you know, and it happens everywhere, especially in spiritual circles. Is everything divinely ordained, or is there anything called an individual will mm-hmm. or individual's effort, okay. or is everything destiny? Mm-hmm. You know, that's a question which often uh, troubles most spiritual aspirants and and even uh, you know general people who mm-hmm. carry on their lives. So one of the things he mentioned was this. He mm-hmm. said, "Can you decide mm-hmm. and make it happen mm-hmm. that you don't have a thought now?" Mm. He said can you say that now I am not going to think of this and Mm -hmm. can you live through that Mm. or you know you don't have control over Mm -hmm. one cell in your body Mm. you know you look at the anemia or you know leukemia Mm -hmm. diseases like that Mm -hmm. it happens because of distortion in one cell of the the blood which is flowing in your body Mm -hmm. and that spreads. You don't have control over one cell in this body, which you think is yours and which obeys you. Mm. And what are you talking about an individual effort and individual ability to do things?
2: <laughs> Amazing. You no, know, talking of the mind, Swami is now in the chapter of buddhi, but uh, technically buddhi is also taken as one of the parts of the mind, like mano, buddhi, ahankara, chitta. Right. That was the four uh, portions of the mind. So, the mind itself. Um, Swami has told that all sadhana and all spiritual practice is to silence silence the mind and then focus the mind inward. That is what Swami has been saying. There is a beautiful reference to that in uh, where Nisargadatta Maharaj has been asked this question. Mm -hmm. He says, how do you silence the mind? How do you control your mind? How do you make your mind steady? He says, it is the nature of the mind to be unsteady and it keeps roaming around. It keeps doing uh, all sorts of things. It goes and the moment you try to arrest your body, it starts doubling its speed, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so, what he says is, try to divert your mind and focus it on that one thought that I am. Let it not roam around. You, and first it will resist. First it will say, no, 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 I have to, I have, uh, what? what is the curry today, what is the sambar today or what is the, um, <laughs> you know, uh, event that's going to happen in my school or college, whatever, or in the office. So the mind is always ready with its uh, tantrums and it's ready to roam around. But he says, just concentrate. Focus it on that I am, I am, I am. Then you will be able to calm it down. <laughs>
4: yeah. In the Upanishads, we have that uh, experience of Brigu mm-hmm. as a student. No? Mm-hmm. Where his master tells him that uh, find out who you are. Okay. He goes back and uh, meditates and comes and says, I am the body. Mm. He says, I am the food. Uh, food the, the food the and mm. food is what makes up mm. the gross the body. body. Right. Mm. Then the master tells him, No, you further meditate. And he Correct. goes and meditates for several mm. months or so, you know, and comes out with, I am the prana, the you know.
3: Prana.
4: And then he goes into the I am the mind, and mm. then the buddhi, and finally he says, I am only. See, he has <laughs> given up true. all other uh, appendages, mm. like mm. I am this, I am that, come back to only the pure I am state, you know. And that is when he
2: becomes a sage, brigu. <laughs> Mentioning once earlier Mm -hmm. about um, you know the shloka which Shirdi Baba explains, right? um,
1: Very beautiful shloka. It's a very uh, commonly quoted episode from the life of Shirdi Baba, where Nana Sahib is sitting at Shirdi Baba's feet, Mm -hmm. and he had this habit of reciting shlokas from the Gita. So once he was doing padshaver to Shirdi Baba, and he was reciting this shloka, and Shirdi Baba looks at him and says, "What are you reciting?" Mm -hmm. So, he says, I am sh- reciting a shloka from the Gita. Mm-hmm. So, then Shirdi Baba says, why don't you recite aloud? So, mm-hmm. even I can also listen to it. <laughs> no? And he says, okay, and he recites it. Mm. So, then uh, Baba asks him, Nana, do you know the meaning of this shloka mm. that you are narrating, mm-hmm. that you are reciting? Mm. And he says, yes, and he starts telling the uh, son. And mm. Baba says, no, no, I don't want this kind of parroting out of the meaning. Mm. You tell me the meaning you have understood. Mm. So, he says, this is what, uh, mm. you know, so-and-so has given in the commentary. He says, no, I don't want all that. Mm. You split it up and give me word-by-word meaning. Mm. So, then he goes on to tell that pari in a That is the shloka which mm. he says. And then one of the questions, of course, is the commonly one, uh, asked one, pari Prashna. Mm. Why is it not Prashna and Pari Prashna?' Mm. And one of the things he says is that, you know, that questioning which comes out of deep yearning and restlessness. Mm. It is not questioning for the questioning's sake. I really want to know and if I don't know, I will not be at mm-hmm. peace with myself. Mm-hmm. The questioning that comes with that feeling. Mm-hmm. And the other beautiful thing is, he says, te That is one mm-hmm. word, uh, Sandhi, which is there in that second mm-hmm. line of that shloka. Mm-hmm. So then Shirdi Baba says mm-hmm. that, can you replace this word, te mm-hmm. with any other word?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So then uh, Nana says that, te actually means, te Mm. Mm. so when combined together, it becomes te mm. So he says, no, it can't be replaced.
3: Mm.
1: So no, no, that word jnanena can you replace with any other word mm. and still not change the shloka? Mm. So then Nana says that the only word which can fit in there is agnyana. <laughs> you know, if you put te agnanena, mm. the sandhi again becomes gnanena mm. mm. So then Shirdi says, then can it be agnanena instead <laughs> of gnanena? <laughs> mm. And then he says, No, that's not possible. Mm. No, because it says that mm. the Guru gives you jnana. Mm. How can the Guru give you Agnana?
3: Mm.
1: Then Shidi says that maybe agnana will be a better option there. Okay. <laughs> and then Shridivava explains that mm. jnana can never be given.
2: Mm. He
1: says, because it is already in you. What the Guru does is actually gives you Agnana. The mm. Guru tells you that this is not true. This is not what you are. are. He only gives you what is Ajnana Mm. to make you understand the jnana which is within.
4: (laughs) As Nisargadet Maharaj says, you Mm. have to unlearn rather than learn. Mm. You have to unlearn that you are the body. You have to unlearn that you are the mind. It's Mm. a question of unlearning and clarifying and cleaning your inner process, you know.
2: In fact, more or less, that's how Swami has started. You know, if you see the second discourse, you are not this body. <laughs> you are, he's, he's listing out everything which you are not. Right, And that's exactly, he's giving us the agyana <laughs> of <laughs> what, what you are not. So, that's amazing.
1: Because I think that is what it is. You know, if Swami tells us that you are God, mm. yes, the ultimate truth, mm. but it's so difficult to accept. But when Swami slowly, like a, you know, a, uh, physics derivation Swami saying that this is why you are not the body and this is why you are not the mind this mm. is why you are not the thoughts mm. this is why you are not the ego mm. and you know it's almost like cutting out one by one and finally mm. Mm. that statement mm. which we were not ready to accept mm. I think in the end we ourselves would proclaim that st-
5: exactly statement. but
4: that mm. uh, that state to arrive at it needs great courage you know mm. somebody is ready to drown into that ocean of Sachidananda. Mm. that is the eternal state Not everybody dares to, unless he has prepared himself. Mm. And for that, I think last time what Swami told is very relevant, the Buddhi. Mm -hmm. Buddhi is like a bird Bird. with the head of Shraddha, right wing and left wing, you know, Ritam Ritam and and Satyam Satyam and body Mm -hmm. of Mahatattvam and tail of yoga yoga for balancing the wings. Now, we say the Gayatri Mantra is very important. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about this. Why it is so important? It is because this Buddhi... The bird, Buddhi, has to be made strong and robust, you know, to take the plunge, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's the Buddhi that is very close to the Atman. And it is with the help of the Buddhi only that you can enter the state of eternity or blissfulness. Mm-hmm. And for that, unless the Buddhi is strong and uh, healthy, I mean, say, just like self-confidence, self-reliance, and these are the qualities that come with it, faith, Not faith only in yourself or the Guru, faith also in your scriptures, faith in what the Guru has told you, all this makes up the strength of the Buddhi. Mm. And that Buddhi takes the plunge actually into the ocean of Satchidananda. For that, courage comes only by preparing the Buddhi at that level. So, that was a very beautiful thing that uh, uh, Swami had said. And Gaitri Mantra, we say, is very important because the Buddhi is sharpened. What we mean by sharpening? The Buddhi is actually strengthening this bird, bird of paradise, <laughs> I would say. Mm. It is the bird, heavenly bird that takes you along swiftly to the goal of realization. See, the Buddhi that way is a superior being to the mind. and the,
1: I think that is a very important point. where you mm. know, To exercise Buddhi to its absolute capacity, mm. a good amount of fearlessness is very important. Very true. You know, and that is what actually comes with devotion. You know, Correct. when Swami says, I am giving Abhaya. Mm. We generally think that yeah, Swami has come to protect me from my daily problems and, mm. you know, my uncertainties in life. But actually, Swami is telling that, see, you take to the right path. I am there to stand by you, mm. to,
4: Courage, to make you
1: fearless. Mm.
0: See,
4: Ramakrishna asks uh, Nareen as a young man, no? mm. before he became the Swami Vivekan. He says, there is a pot of nectar and... It's full, the pot is full and it's got an open mouth. How will you drink that sweet nectar? So Narendra says, why I will sit on the edge of the opening and sip little by little to my heart's content. He says, you are a fool. Mm. (laughs) You have to dive into the pot of nectar, become one with it.
3: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That is realization. Mm.
4: (laughs) That ego goes off, the individuality goes off and it merges in the ocean of Satchidana. So that courage, how does it come? It doesn't come just by reading books or, you know, just listening lectures. That is the sadhana part of it. That we have to rise to that uh, level.
1: You know, talking of uh, buddhi, you know, mm. this particular discourse which we are going through. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever Swami has said from the beginning, when Swami spoke about culture, about truth, mm-hmm. about the body. And about the various explanations which Swami gave, why you should take care of the body, why you have to ignore the body, Mm. why you have to foster the body at the same time, why you have to detach yourself from the body. All this, Mm -hmm. Swami was actually addressing to the Buddhi.
2: Very true, very true.
1: That is the only thing which is Mm. going to take this and strengthen itself to make that discrimination. The Buddhi was the one which was being fed with all this information. That's why Swami
4: says, sadhana is 70% vichara. Right. Mm. (laughs) The body is in the mind. See, and the mind has to be cleansed, right? To get over body attachment and then even body consciousness.
1: Right. And that's what Swami says here that you know, buddhi has the ability to know itself. That mm. is one of the very strong qualities of buddhi. Mm. You know, Swami says that nischatmi buddhi, mm. that which can discriminate, mm. and one of the glorious aspects of the buddhi is it can look at itself. Mm. And that is why so much emphasis on this discourse, and I think by far this has been. Oh, one of the most profound discourses in the series <laughs> and it, it only gives you an idea that it's going to get more and more business subtle
2: more subtle and more uh, I mean uh, more intense I would say <laughs> see,
4: there's one more point if a non-vegetarian food you know, mm-hmm. why it is not good to take non-vegetarian food yes. of course all spiritual aspirants will agree with this mm-hmm. but the others may not because mm-hmm. they need uh, that kind of food mm-hmm. see now uh, Swami has told in various places that uh, when you kill a goat, you see, mm-hmm. and that's being done during Bakrid and all that, when mm. millions of goats are, mm. I don't want to blame anybody, but that's mm. what happened. And uh, the goats, when they die, the thought at the time of death is very important. Correct. And at the time of death, the thought is of the man, because the fear of man is there in the goat. Mm. And with the result, Swami says, when he dies, that goat is born as a man, human being. Oh. Uh Now imagine millions of goats being slaughtered, being born as men. You can Mm. imagine what kind of levels they are at as human beings. And they are adding to the (laughs) problems of the human population (laughs) and the problems of the humankind because they are at a low level of understanding, low level of... So, mm. that way also um, non-violence is… Right. I mean, they are not
1: only born as men, mm. but they are born <laughs> the, as men with animosity towards other men. <laughs>
4: <laughs> animosity and mm. animal qualities right. and what… That's yes. a
1: recipe for mm. calamity.
4: <laughs> and other thing is uh, non-vegetarianism is, Swami has said, we are not constituted for non-vegetarian food. Okay. Yeah, Our teeth, you know, like we don't have fangs like the tigers and you know, mm. and claws just like that. Our teeth are meant for the vegetarian type of food, you see. And uh, he say, gives an example, not Swami, uh, some other uh, gurus, you know. A tiger is carnivorous, it eats meat, but if you see the length of the intestines, mm-hmm. it ejects that refuse, you know, the food intake after within eight hours. Okay. That is because these non-vegetarian foods have a lot of poisons in them. Mm-hmm. See, and these poisons are harmful to the human body. In case of a human being, the intestines are 21 feet long mm-hmm. and the food ferments inside for 24 hours sometimes before it is ejected out. Mm-hmm. And when that is done, then poisons have already been assimilated in the body. Oh. See? And the tamasic and the rajasic qualities come only because of these poisons which are infiltrating the mind and the body mm-hmm. of the man. So that is another reason why vegetarian food is recommended for all spiritual aspirants
2: good <laughs> that is the discrimination that one has to apply <laughs> and uh, i think we have one clip left in this discourse right um should we just go through that yeah, one we'll clip go to
1: that final hmm. clip and uh, and then we, we can, can really eager to know what swami has to say more in this
5: discourse <laughs> With whatever you are born, you should not die with the same thing. When you were born, you cried out, koham. Who am I? Who am I? That is the meaning of koham. Even in the time of death, if you die, asking the question who am i what is the use of life puttinapudu oham ani puttao chathesa vela soham ani when you are born you said who am i when you are dying you should say i am that and die that sanctifies your life kanuka manavuni yendunnatundi ahankara tattvani manam nirmoolam kaavinchukovalante oka marganni manam If you want to destroy this ahankara for want of an ego, you will have to just follow a particular <inaudible> path. Except by following the path divine, there is no other path which can lead you on <inaudible> to that path. When you suffer from this ahankara, <inaudible> <down and inaudible> You go on observing your own breath. Enquire into what you are inhaling and exhaling produce. Aade, the sound. So. Um, so um, the word soham, I am that. Soham, Saha Aham. This is the word soham, my friend. Saha Aham. Soham refers to a combination of Saha and Aham. Saha Nimu. Aham Ninu. Saha is you. Aham I. Saha Brahma. Aham Nenu. So, aham brahmaasmi, aham brahmaasmi, aham ee brah aham, maasmi, ne, toste, aham ke If you can develop within you, aham brah maasmi, ayam brahma, ayam brahma, then this ahankara will not bother you. In so humanaga hum, hum, hamsa hamsa gaitri ne, yaka soham mani. This soham mantra is described as hamsa gaitri in Vedantic parlance. Vidyatulara Manayandu Antarvani Ade consciency. Soham tatam tata bada chana chanam kuna bodhistunya m every moment. We are getting lessons from our Conscience with this Soham Principle. A day consists of 24 hours. We chant this Soham within a day of 24 hours 21,600 times. Twenty-one thousand six hundred times Nene Brahma, Nene Brahma, Nene Brahma, and Antharvani Kopes and Chestunte, E Upades and the Kata Peti, Wokatatu, Katipeti, Dini, Nene Brahma and Martipai, Nian Ramaya, Nian Shimaya, Nian Jogaya, Nyanga Chapuntu Botunte, I the Yamaya Sarena Markama. When your own conscience is repeating twenty-one thousand six hundred times that you are a Brahman. And if you refuse to recognize that and go on with your own names as Ramayya, Krishnaya, Are you Me just With the feeling that you are Ramayya and Krishnaya, you may do this sadhana any duration of time. It is useless. The name is given to your body and not to yourself. This this name is given to the body na soham anetundi puttina peru this soham is my name from birth puttina peru shasanam ga ani pettina peru sasthama the name which is born with you is permanent na no, name Pitten which is given, Pitten is, Pitten is, given is not artificial whatever is given is artificial puttinedi is real whatever is born with you is real Adi ni satyam that is your truth aa satyame rutamuga bhavinchukovali that truth must be considered as ruttam. If you unite this ruttam and satyam, you will be able to reach satchidananda. able to the real intelligence is not the one which is commonly used and commonly understood and experienced as intelligence in the worldly sense. Kanuka, buddhi neetmani daniyokarahasyani, sakka gudinchkoni tadvara yirathasaratiyokkavishyaani manom. Putti telisukunappure athal nikhi mana jivitamaniyante rathani achanik arpitam jeta nikhi vokavidvane avukasamuktrutai. Only when we understand the secret and the full aspects of buddhi we will be able to hand over this chariot to the charioteer with full satisfaction krishnudu partha saradhi krishna was partha saradharthu ante who is partha kevalam arjuna maatrame kaadu it is not arjuna alone prathi putrudaina tintiviade parthuudu kabatti meerandaru prathi putrule meerandarkini partha saradhi aa bhagavantuni sarathyaga meer tisthikarinchali it is not merely arjuna everyone born on earth is the son of Prithvi, and that is Partha. You have to accept the Lord as the chariotia. As intelligence is a reflection of God, with, it, with itself, try to reach the lotus feet of the Lord. Love is essential for all these things. Premal ekunda ye karyam kudano manam cheydan kivilka. It is impossible to accomplish anything without love. Kya manam uttineta mu traga tam kudano premam utine nepate Even eating and drinking depends upon the love. Karuk apremas tarupe Bhagavan tu God is the very embodiment form of Satya Vasudev Bhagavan tu He is the son of this satya. And he is the one who knows truth. Kanuka, Premacheta, Miyoka Yadatta Menkum Sarupani, Uttin Chadanaki, Uddini Asri Inchi, Tadwara, Miyoka Mariska Tadwani, Pavitra Menfanti, Parishutta Menetwanti, Divya Menetwanti, Navya Menetwanti, Bavya Menetwini Rupakunga, Pichi Didukuntarani, in Asisthuna. Through love, try to recognize your real nature with the help of the proper intelligence and purify your mind and through that you sanctify your lives.
2: <laughs> That's a short but very beautiful clip um, very beautiful. and how beautifully Swami brings in the concept of charioteer right? at the so end teacher, of
1: the... And, and what a wonderful summary for that profound discourse, really. And you know, starting with that first point, it's it's a spin-off of what Swami said last week. Yes, the that story. That little story, very beautiful story. In fact, okay. we should have made a mention of it before we started this clip. Mm-hmm. Because that's where Swami made that wonderful statement where when an avatar comes, hmm. he does not speak in a language which is direct. Correct. He leaves much for the aspirant to understand himself because the truth is already embedded in him. And the avatar only gives you preconditions so that the truth comes forth from within. And I can still remember that
0: mm. when
1: Swami said that, the mm-hmm. gasp which <laughs> Professor Nanjundia, the translator, gave, you know, because mm. we all have experienced that you know, the, the beauty of that cryptic nature in which Swami mm. gives his message. Yeah. <laughs> the
4: koham and soham, he says, no? beautiful. right? Once uh, Swami asked the boy sitting on the veranda, no? he said, What is the cause of death? The boys were a little surprised. Some said oh, heart failure and the brain uh, uh, dead and things like that. Okay. Swami kept saying no, no. The cause of death finally is that his birth. <laughs> 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 he who is born will die. He who dies will be reborn. Mm. So the child at for birth keeps saying, Koham, Koham, who am I, who am I? Mm. And Swami says at the at time of death, He should say, Soham, Soham, so that... He is born
2: and he won't be born again, and he will die and he will not die again. You know that should be the ultimate aim. <laughs> I mean, when um, Swami connected it to the story of Mother Kaikeyi going right. to Lord Rama, and um, she is under the illusion that she was responsible for Lord Rama's exile to the forest, right. and so she comes seeking his forgiveness, and she asks him to you know forgive her and give her some w- wisdom. And that is when Lord Rama says, Go to Saryu, have a bath, and come back. (laughs) So when she goes there and sees the goat and sheep, and they are saying, Meh, Meh. "Meh." And um, Lord Rama says, They are also asking, Who am I, who am I? First, you realize who you are. (laughs) In a way, he is just saying that you are not the doer. I mean, Rama is telling Mother Kaikeyi that it's not because of your body that I had to go to the forest. It's all a divine plan, it's mm-hmm. all a divine drama. And similarly, with uh, in the case of Arjuna, you know, when he's standing in the Kurukshetra war and um, he's really reluctant to uh, start the war, Right. that's when Krishna, the charioteer, <laughs> gives him um, the power of.
1: And in essence, Krishna tells him that the good is the enemy of the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because Arjuna is exhibiting goodness. Mm. You know, he wanted to be good to the people around him. But mm. I think that also was one of the reasons why he was eligible to receive that mm-hmm. message, which was so profound. Mm. He had taken you that
2: know uh, slightly off track, mm-hmm. but um, maybe because we are talking about Krishna and Arjuna, um, Swami once asked, "Why is Mahabharata considered the Panchama Veda?" Okay. And um, all sorts of answers. And then Swami said, um, uh, one reason is because all the main characters Mm -hmm. in the Mahabharata Mm -hmm. were born in an unnatural way. And all of them were killed or died in an unnatural way. (laughs) More or less, he was short of saying that this whole Mahabharata was a drama brought in into the lore just to explain these spiritual concepts. Okay. I think that's why because God wanted to teach it in a way which will remain for centuries to come. Right. So, he enacted this whole huge drama of Mahabharata.
1: You put it in the story of brothers and cousins and aunts yeah,
2: and uncles. <laughs> Born of the sun and in Indra yeah, right.
3: and unnatural <laughs> <You laughs> birth. The other right.
1: thing which uh, strikes me in this particular clip which Swami says is Swami says 21,600 times mm-hmm. your body itself is giving you that answer Correct. that you are divine you know which just takes me back to the same understand uh, same question which keeps coming in my mind you know we always think mm-hmm. that the essence is in the answer you know we always think that the one who knows the answer is the one who is intelligent correct but actually this proves mm. that it's not the one who has the answer because everybody has the answer correct the one who gets it is the one who has the question
2: mm. the one who's
1: ready to ask the question <laughs> mm. to him the answer will be meaningful because to each one of us whether we are you know,
2: conscious of it t- taken to the hmm. spiritual
1: path aspirants or not 21,600 times the answer is being told to us by our body
2: hmm. but the problem yeah. is
1: that we have not consciously asked this question who really am I hmm. you know, but,
4: another thing about this 21,600 you know 2 plus 1 plus 6 <laughs> is 9 <laughs> hmm. Swami says 9 is the Brahman number hmm. and so the breathing the rhythm the entire universe creation everything is in the form of rhythm See? Mm-hmm. And we, our body is our breath, everything, our blood circulation, our everything comes in rhythms, you know that beautiful rhythm of the cosmos. Mm-hmm. And if, if we try to be in that tune with that cosmic rhythm, then we are closer to realization. See? that also is
2: there. I mean, uh, if you just think of it, yes, the body is telling you. and um, everything that diverts you away from a spiritual quest in your life, is the belief that what you see in the world and what you experience in the world are lasting pleasures. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You see something, your eyes see something beautiful, so that you think is going to be a lasting pleasure. Mm -hmm. And you taste something, you hear something. So anything that is um, temporary in its actual nature, when you believe that that is a permanent thing, that is what is taking you away from the truth. And that's where Swami says Buddhi comes into the play. So, um, it's it's very, very uh, I know paradoxical when your own body is telling you with mm-hmm. breath that you are that, you are that and then we get taken away by this uh, temporary... But it's very difficult to put the two and two together. Like how I asked uh, Professor Venkat Raman last time. If somebody leads their life till the end of their life believing that yes my worldly achievements my success and my uh, this thing is wall, all that is important what happens to him the soul has to evolve in his next birth <laughs> okay right. so uh, so buddhi <laughs> is going to catch on with you sometime or the other so the whole concept of buddhi is to divert your mind inward that's what by discrimination uh, power of
1: discrimination in fact, that's what mm-hmm. Swami says here in this particular clip also where Swami says that that intelligence which you mistake to be buddhi is not the actual buddhi that's right which you use for intelligence in your profession that is not the actual buddhi but that buddhi is is the spiritual one which will lead you to this kind of a Mm. discrimination that's what swami says
2: in fact here uh, in one of the very beautiful books called tripura rasiyam there is Mm. an analogy where he says it is the magician is not tricked by his own magic <laughs> <laughs> the magician knows that it's all a trick, and it's a ma and here they they give a very beautiful analogy. Mm-hmm. They say that the whole creation, I mean this may be another way of trying to understand the whole concept. The whole creation, the whole universe is like a play of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So if you look at it, there is the Atman who is absolutely unmanifest, you know, he is. The first manifestation of the Atman is consciousness or buddhi. Okay, knowledge and then intellect, and in that consciousness is projected the entire world. So, the more and more you think that that consciousness is the reality, you miss out on Brahman. At the same time, is it not Brahman? It is Brahman and it is Atman because it is just a reflection of the Atman. In that sense, it is real. So basically you have the Atman, you have God and then you have a sheet like a mirror which is consciousness and in this sheet or mirror you have the play of the entire creation. Mm-hmm. So you are also a part of the creation as long as you think you are the person playing the role. Suppose you, I am playing a role to, in this drama and I identify myself with this role, then I still go in this circle of birth and death till I realize that no, I, this role is only a reflection of God.
3: Right.
1: In fact, you know, I was telling you the other day uh, a beautiful analogy which I heard Right. Mm-hmm. where a father takes the son to a cinema for the correct, first time. Correct. You know, takes That's him for true. a movie mm-hmm. and uh, before they enter the theatre the father is telling the son you know, mm-hmm. the concept of what is a cinema. Mm-hmm. He says there is a screen on which the light is projected and the film, film goes nice. by and mm-hmm. light which... Which is going through the film mm-hmm. Gets projected on the wall Correct So he says everything is based on that screen And mm-hmm. everything moves on that screen mm-hmm. So by by the time they get to the theatre The movie has already started mm-hmm. So the father and son get in mm-hmm. And they sit there And it's apparently a movie where The Mahabharata scene is going on mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay And uh, the son is very impatient He looks at his father and says He says father where is the screen mm-hmm. you know, Which is <laughs> the screen So mm-hmm. he says yeah the one in front of you mm-hmm. So he looks at the screen and he says Krishna is he the screen because that's the character over there. Mm. He said, no, 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 behind Krishna. Mm. And then, you mean to say the chariot? Mm. Is that the screen? Mm. He said, no, no, behind the chariot. Okay. He looks behind, you mean the rest of the army? Is that mm. the screen? Mm. He says, no, 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 behind the, you know, rest, the, rest, rest, of the <laughs> rest of the army. Mm. So he looks, he says, you mean the horizon? Mm. And the field, the mm. battlefield? Is that the screen? Mm. He says, no, no, behind that also. He says, there's nothing behind that. Mm. So, the son is all perplexed and he's saying, which is the screen? You know, mm. that which is the basis for this whole thing? What is mm. that? Mm. I'm not able to make out what it is. Mm. And then, the, you know, the person who's telling his analogy says, it's intermission. Mm. And the lights, the the projector is switched off and the lights come on. Mm. And then the father says, look, that is the screen. Okay. <laughs> you know, and then the son says, oh, so Beautiful. that is the screen. Mm. And when the movie starts... Mm. Now everything is clear. You know, he is continuing to see mm. the same movie. But mm. now he is exactly clear which is the screen. Mm. Now,
4: like Sai Prakash just said, you know, this analogy of screen and picture is mm. so important. Swami gives a lot of importance. He has used it many times also. Mm-hmm. He says, the you cannot see the picture without the screen. Mm. But you can see the screen without the picture.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and
4: And when the picture is seen, the screen is not seen. But when the screen is seen, it means the picture is not seen. <laughs> so, like you said, Brahman and Maya. Mm. So. When Brahman is a screen, a Maya is the projection. <laughs> when one is seen, the other is absent from the mm. consciousness. Mm. So our, our aim has to be to merge with that screen and see the screen at all the time to be free from all
1: this. Right. I think duality. that is that is the role of buddhi. You know, whenever mm-hmm. I yeah, think yeah. of this false identification, that's all mm. what Swami is. Uh, Telling specifically here, especially in this clip, where Swami Discipline. saying that Ramaya, Krishnaya, mm-hmm. instead of associating yourself with that Brahman, that so hum, Gayatri, mm. Swami says
4: mm. that Gayatri, you know that word Hamsa itself is uh, got another beautiful meaning. You mm-hmm. know, swan, you know, mm-hmm. and that swan has a capacity to separate milk from water. Right, they say that, mm. and that is the discriminative power. See, from mm. this world of Maya, you should be able to gain that Brahman I mm-hmm. see that mm-hmm. uh, substratum the right. foundation so Hamsa uh, Gayatri is a very apt mm-hmm. name for this and also it stands for right. Hamsa the
2: breathing of that I right. and
4: that it's one of the Mahavakyas Tatva Masi and Hamsa Brahmasmi.
2: see um, the whole thing is um, there is that phrase which Swami often says in discourses Ananda Pipasi ok he says man is Ananda Pipasi. He he is always in a pursuit of happiness. Thirst, for happiness. Thirst for happiness. Okay. Now what has happened is, as I was just mentioning some time back, we think that uh, giving pleasure to the senses or to the mind, you you have an intellectual genius. It's like you know offering um, fuel to the fire, and as long as there is fuel, the fire will burn. Same in Tripura Arasim, again they mention that when you don't give importance to it then just like the fire goes off when Mm -hmm. there is no fuel the Mm -hmm. mind dies Mm -hmm. okay but um, what has happened is in our pursuit for happiness the worldly people have uh, tried to seek it in the world the spiritual people have tried to seek it in different ways Mm -hmm. and in their you know earnestness and in their uh, pursuit of that higher happiness There is that element of faith, which Sir Venkatramansar mentioned last time. The sages have said, yes, we have seen him. We have seen him. And so based on that faith, a person tries to evolve. So in his process of evolution, there are different ways. So how do you handle the body? How do you orient your body? How do you orient your senses? How do you orient your mind? How do you orient your buddhi inward? So, I think that's how the various systems of Hatha Yoga, raja kriya yoga, yoga, raja Yoga.
1: Going by what uh, Venkatraman said, said, you know, you, mm. have, you have faith in the scientist's word. Yeah, that's when true. Einstein says he's equal to MC square. You believe him, mm. but you don't believe the, you know, Rishi's. You look at it, mm. you know, we are ready to believe somebody mm. who is out there to market themselves and their idea. Mm-hmm. But here is a category of men and women mm. who have given up all attachment and selfishness mm. and they are proclaiming For the this is the truth. benefit of the world. Mm. And mm. they are saying this is the truth. Mm. Which will you take? You know, somebody who has ulterior motives in selling what he has, mm. what he believes in mm. or somebody who has absolutely nothing to gain whether you believe or not. See, what you are saying, saying,
4: saying is without understanding the theory of relativity, you believe that E is equal to MC square. Right. That is a scientific superstition.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no but the thing is like how easily that's what we believe what others are saying and then what these people who selflessly gave this knowledge and this knowledge I think is existing and anybody who is earnest enough it will reach right, him right. you know this is a common experience actually in uh, anytime you really want to read about something you want to that's how they say the universe responds to you right. and it gets back to you that has been a common experience and this kind of uh, knowledge and wisdom has been given to a person who is earnest right that's all it is you know
1: talking about triphuros which you mentioned and the pursuit of happiness mm-hmm. there's a very very logical way in which they put it there mm-hmm. you say see, see i seek happiness mm. by performing an action okay you know i i think that by eating this particular dish i'm going to get happiness mm-hmm. and i do get that happiness mm. but then it goes away
2: Correct. If Temporal. this
1: act is supposed to give me happiness mm. why is it also taking it away?
2: Mm. So the
1: same act or the same event which is giving the happiness mm-hmm. has the ability to take it away after it is over. Okay. So he's saying so what I'm doing is I'm actually going behind the action. Mm. The end point is I want peace of mind I want to be happy. Mm. Can I straight away look for that? Instead of looking for actions which will give me peace of mind and happiness, mm. can I straight away look for happiness and peace of mind?
2: Beautiful. <laughs> and I say
1: that is how we can transcend karma. Mm.
2: Very true. <laughs>
4: we are putting the cart before the horse actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> Going and coming is part of this
2: Jagat. See, this as Jagat. Swami was mentioning, all spiritual endeavor and all practices that you are doing is only for getting Chitta Shuddhi. That is for purification of the mind. Chitta, as Swami mentioned earlier, is that portion of the mind which uh, holds the memories. Which holds all the memories. Right. Basically, purification of your Chitta means making it understand, rather getting the understanding through Buddhi that these are all illusionary. That is how the mind and the Chitta can be purified. So, once the Chitta is purified, then automatically you are getting closer to the Atma and Swami has spoken so many discourses uh, uh, about Bhakti and Bhakti and even in this discourse at the end, He says Prema or love. Love is the only way in which you can (laughs) realize yourself.
1: In fact, you know, talking about Chitta and that being, that having the ability to actually rekindle that spiritual fire, Mm -hmm. you know, which is hidden and maybe it is like that coal which is covered by its own ash. Mm -hmm. And chitta shuddhi is actually removing uh, that ash and letting the embers glow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know that is what is the story of most devotees also. Correct. You know they are in the midst of their worldly life, mm-hmm. and suddenly there's a trigger, mm. and you know something which was actually part of the chitta, that devotion and that attachment to God, mm. suddenly seems to come alive. Mm. You know that's what happens in the life of Purundal Dasa. That's what happens in the life of uh, Tulsi Das in mm. Annamaya.
3: Mm. We you call know, it God's grace, right?
1: Mm. Because that. And that is actually what Swami is telling here. You know, the pursuing of godly, the godly way of life mm-hmm. is the one of the ways to get rid, purify this buddhi, because these people have lived that life. Maybe in small percentages over various lives, mm-hmm. it maybe comes to a critical mass, and then mm. that chitta awakens this one, you steers them away from the worldly pursuits.
2: So somebody uh, just gets a, gets his uh, realization. Uh, in an instant we ca- we cannot just say he was lucky possibly he has pined for it for many like, births like
4: some swami gives the example <laughs> of a stone mm-hmm. some man hits it 20 times it doesn't break
2: that's true the <laughs> next
4: man comes and uh, hits it once and uh, the stone breaks right uh, the past 20 hits are also important
2: <laughs> in this context you know um i think um, it's there in satyam shundaram i think in one of the early or i've heard it from mm-hmm. professor Raman that Once uh, in the 60s when Swami was, you know, uh, touring all over Andhra Mm -hmm. and he was um, really going all out and he was going village to village to village to village. And, uh, you know, when Swami gives his discourse, his flow is like Ganga. And uh, since in the 60s, he had no interpreter also. His um, uh, whole discourse was literally like Ganga, -ganga. (laughs) pure (laughs) Ganga. And Swami was speaking about Atma, Paramatma and all these concepts. And he was saying, you are not this body, you are the Atma, you are the Paramatma. This is what the Gita says. This is what the Upanishad says. And uh, Kasturi sir, who was there with (laughs) Swami, says, Swami, these are farmers and they are villagers. Will they understand one word of what you have just said? And Swami says, no. Say, Swami why are you saying this they, they are not going to understand anything If you tell them how to do farming If you tell them how to do But Swami says this is the truth This is the ultimate truth I have to tell them what the truth is He says but Swami they are not ready for it They are not understanding Then Swami tells Kasturi What I spoke today They may understand it ten births hence It will not, not go in, <laughs> waste <right? laughs> It will never go waste So the word of God is permanent Is always there I mean, in a way, it is so true how, how long back the Gita was given. And today, we still refer back to it. So, the word of God can never go in vain. And he says, not now, but 10 births, hence they will understand what I have spoken. <laughs> you know,
1: it's, it's like that little story where they say, a father who is dying writes a will saying that mm-hmm. there is this treasure box here, which I want to, that it should be given to my son. Mm-hmm. And he passes away. And then uh, the son, who is a youngster, a teenager, mm-hmm. he goes and receives that box. Mm-hmm. And in that box, he finds a Bhagavad Gita. Okay. Okay, And he is furious. He's mm-hmm. saying, I thought my, my <laughs> father is going to give me a, a treasure mm-hmm. with which I could make my career. And he's giving me a Bhagavad Gita. Mm-hmm. And the story goes that, you know, he just discards it to a corner of the house. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he goes to life. He becomes a rich man. He earns. And then with some unexpected events, he loses the money, he gets married and he gets Mm. through all problems Mm. and finally when he's down in the dumps and he doesn't know what to do, mm. he goes and picks up the Gita Mm. and then he finds Mm. the wisdom his father had in giving him the Gita because though he did not need it as a teenager then, (laughs) his father knew that everybody will go through all these ups and downs and one day when they wonder what is rife really about Mm. that day this book will be the treasure which is best suited for him
4: what Sai Prakash just said, you know Mm. The farmers listen to it, mm. and uh, Kasturi feels that they are uh, uh, uncouth and whatnot. But uh, here, for understanding Swami, the purity of the heart is important. And many of these farmers and these uh, uneducated people may have a pure heart, you know. And that Swami has said, it is so in the villages, some of them are very pure and you see some of the lives of these saints none of them were educated much you know very true. they had pure purity of the heart and mind that was more important
1: you know in this part where swami is talking about again emphasizing that don't associate yourself with this body and the name of this body mm-hmm. <laughs> reminded of you know we used to have this uh, pop quiz a very you have to think out of the box to answer these quizzes you know that mm-hmm. kind of a quiz in you know, which i remember a question which used to be there dashrata is Hmm. Rama's father's dash (laughs) (laughs) okay fill in the blanks Uh, Dasharatha is Rama's father's dash uh I wonder what would it be you know what would it be what can it be there because Dasharatha is Rama's father father. Uh, okay and then the answer would be (laughs) the answer would be Dashartha is Rama's father's name, name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that time we used to think oh wow you know amazing but now when you look at it it's actually what Swami is wanting us to do
2: beautiful <laughs> and, you know,
1: he's trying to say that Prem is this mm. entity's name and mm. it's not me
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know whatever it is whatever you think you are you know I am a radio engineer and I'm my body is doing this profession or this is what it is and mm. maybe it wouldn't be practical to speak in that manner but at least that which we, which has to always be kept in the mind. Mm. You know? It is a relative truth, not the absolute truth. Right. <laughs> and that's what Swami, thru- Swami calls Swami it a half-truth. That <laughs> that's one thing which Swami says here. You know, the merging of satyam and rhythm <laughs> will actually take you to the ultimate. You know, right, what is, that is the relative bu- truth? bird of buddhi. Right. The relative <laughs> truth and the absolute truth. And <laughs> both get merged. <laughs> that is the goal which we are all looking at.
2: Very beautiful. In fact, I think um, uh, this being the end of 8th discourse, um, there are 16 discourses in this series and we have come just halfway through. (laughs) And uh, like a good uh, school teacher would, uh, you know, revise portions that have been done (laughs) so far. I think we should really... uh, Summarize, you mean? Summarize. We should summarize and revise what Swami has the points that Swami has brought out in these first eight discourses and that's quite huge. <laughs> now, I'm really wondering what is left for the next eight discourses. Eight. <laughs> possibly, uh, there's so much. Uh, he has already covered the Buddhi and I don't know what uh, what is coming in the next discourse. But um, possibly the next session, we should really plan on a very nice uh, summary of Uh, all the eight discourses what do you think I think
1: we should we should uh, it would definitely benefit us yeah yeah that's very true because uh, in a sense it's moved so fast very true Swami has said so Mm -hmm. much in uh, of course we've drawn it over so many months now but it (laughs) just seems like it definitely would warrant a revisit and it would help us even looking forward to the other uh, discourses
2: that's true so uh, we can do one thing I think we can uh, bring out the important points of the discourse and then even request professor Venkatraman to help us to clarify some issues and how it's directly related to our daily life definitely i mean uh, talking from a platform and then um saying that we are not the body is very easy (laughs) but um, an earnest spiritual seeker uh, who has actually gone through it will be able to guide us in a more (laughs) realistic
1: and maybe that would be a good promise to end this no, end this discussion. In dear listeners, we hope to bring you a a, a summary of the eight discourses which you have had, if possible in a week or if possible in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And we do hope that Professor Venkatraman would be with us to join us in that summary. And maybe it would be a good thing to mention the last point which Swami made in this discourse. He said, mm-hmm. you know, the the title for this discourse is "Buddhi the Charioteer." -hmm. And that's what Swami says in the end. Mm -hmm. You know, you are giving the job of a driver to a person. Mm. Isn't it right that you should know him? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what Swami says. Mm. You know, if you have a driver for your car, you're going to have an interview for him. Mm. You know, you would see whether he's able to drive, does he have a license, and does he have an experience. Mm. You are giving the driving seat of your life to a person, (laughs) the Buddhi. Is he qualified? Are you? Beautiful. I know. Are you looking at that? That's the last point. It's no, the <laughs> the, yes, Swami. the last
2: segment of the last line now. <laughs> <thinking>. Right, exactly. <laughs> the last segment. What he says is okay. He says through, therefore, through love, seek to know your true self with the help of buddhi and purify your mind. This is what I expect of you. I mean uh, that uh, says, that Swami last said, phrase when Swami says, "This is what I expect of you." He is actually putting himself in the place of the Atman, mm. and he is telling entire humanity, "Arey, this is what I expect of you. <laughs> you yes. all do it. You do it. It's very simple." Swami, yes.
4: Swami, says you put your faith in the bus driver and the mm. and uh, the post- barber. <laughs> barber. <laughs> but now here yeah, this chariot here, you <laughs> he he should says, have more faith in the chariot I
1: here. Think, that's the beauty when Swami is ending with prema. Swami mm-hmm. saying that love is the most important. You know, in a, in a sense, mm-hmm. if I was part of that audience, mm. if I was a teenager, I, I don't think I would have been able to really absorb as much as we are able to do now. Correct. But then, you know, those last two lines would have struck a chord mm. for the students. Because when you're a student, you know, when you love Swami as a devotee, mm. Mm. love always wants more. Mm. You know, you want to know more of Swami and you want to have Swami for yourself. Mm. And Swami is saying that, you know, that love which seeks to become one with that one who is being loved. Mm That will be instrumental in this journey, this spiritual journey that you're undertaking. Very true. Whether it's purifying the buddhi or purifying the chitta Mm -hmm. or reaching out to that atman.
2: Very beautiful. Hmm.
1: And so that, dear listeners, does bring us to the end of this discourse and the end of this discussion. As we mentioned before, we'd like to bring you a summary of the discourses which have happened. So that means that we might not be playing clips from discourses, if at all, it requires that we uh, play a couple of profound sentences. We will look into that. But as such, we will be summarizing whatever Swami has said. If any of the discourses you've gone through, you would like to add in some points and you would like that to feature in a summary, you can definitely write into to us. It would be very valuable for our discussion. You can write to listener at radiosci.org. and we hope to have the company of Prasavankit Raman next week. On behalf of Sai Prakash, on behalf of Suresh Rao sir and myself Prem from Team Lotus Sai, I offer this program at the Lotus Feet for most beloved Bhagwan. Thank you for your company. Jai Sai Ram.
0: Thay Ram, you just heard an episode of our radio series Shravanam Mananam Nididhyasanam That is, listen, reflect and absorb This is a segment that is hosted live on Thursdays at 7.30pm by Team Radio Size Sai Prakash and Prem only on Asia Stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony In today's episode which was first broadcast live on 14th November 2013, Mr. Suresh Rao, a member of Team Radio Sai, participated as a guest. The discourses undertaken for study in this program are from the series of discourses delivered as part of the Summer Course in Indian Culture and Spirituality 1990. And the clips played today are from the discourse delivered on 26th May 1990. To listen to the next part of this program, tune in same time next week. Please do write to us and let us know what you think about this program by writing to listener at radiosci.org. Thank you and Sairam from Prasanthi